0: Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. I am so glad you are here today. But whatever you are doing right now, I want you to stop and make time for this podcast today, because it's going to be fire. Have you ever said to yourself, I can't fail. I feel like a fake. I just got lucky. I'm not deserving of whatever I have. If you have ever said those words to yourself, you are not alone because this study that I saw says up to 82% of people face feelings of imposter syndrome. So we have a lot of company. If you've never heard of what imposter syndrome is, that is the subject of today's podcast. So buckle up because I'm telling you, we all have that crappy talk in our head and I am going to help you reframe your brain to stop thinking that way. Now, imposter syndrome is talked about a lot in the adoptee community. It seems like probably 100% of us have it. And imposter syndrome is really on a spectrum. So I think everybody does have it. We all have that negative self talk sometimes that could be considered imposter syndrome. But as for adoptees, it can be overwhelming. So, what exactly is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve all that they have achieved. Individuals with imposter syndrome incorrectly attribute their success to luck or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent than they perceive themselves to be. So lots of self doubt going on there. The other thing I found out is I read that it's especially predominant among people with underrepresented identities, or people contending with feelings that you don't belong, coupled with external fear that the world doesn't see you, such as many adoptees feel that the world doesn't see us, the world doesn't hear us. So like I said, imposter phenomenon or syndrome is on a spectrum and imposter phenomenon can interfere with a person's mental health, as you can imagine, and overall functioning and imposter feelings are strongly linked to people that have increased anxiety and depression and can result in isolation. So again, A lot of the same things that I hear from a lot of adoptees. So a systematic review found that people experiencing imposter phenomenon often perceive themselves to be the only one having those feelings. And if you belong to any of these forums, anywhere where adoptees are talking to each other, you hear that all the time. I thought I was the only one. Imposter syndrome can also affect relationships because you as an adoptee want to keep walls up and not let anyone in. And that's also part of the syndrome because you don't want to be found out. You don't want to be found out that you are a fake. So we hide. I mean, heck, half the time, we don't even know who we are. So how are we supposed to show anyone else in our lives who we are when we don't even know. The other thing I hear a lot about is basically taking yourself out of a relationship or situation before they take you out. So I'm going to remove myself from the situation before I am removed, because that hurts a lot more if I wait for that rejection than if I just do it myself and rip the band-aid off before it happens. Now, most of the time, That band-aid isn't even going to need to be ripped off. And we are hyper vigilant in analyzing somebody else or a situation. And we overanalyze it in our heads. And there we go. We're going to get found out. So I'm out of here. I'm gone. You remember the old Scooby-Doo cartoons and at the end they would like rip the mask off of the monster and then you were like, it was, you know, the professor or whatever. And it's like, that's what we feel like. We're scared to death that it's going to be the end of the Scooby-Doo cartoon and someone's going to rip our mask off and show our true identities, which we always feel that they're not worthy of any love or acceptance of any kind because we aren't wanted because of our existence. Our birth parents had to make horrible decisions and in the end gave us up. So all those feelings of inadequacy and that we're not lovable and I could go on and on and on about all of that all contributes to our imposter syndrome And no wonder adoptees feel like imposters. I mean, think about it like this. If you're adopted, the identity with which you are currently using was not your first persona. Okay. And one could say that what you're living right now is an alias. So it is a fake or an assumed identity of sorts. And this assumed identity replaces your original identity that was on an original birth certificate that has been redacted and it becomes your new passport for your life now. And the old one is who knows where because we can't even get a hold of it most of the time. So our biological origin is almost completely erased and we're a whole new person. So why wouldn't we feel like an an imposter in our own life? In a way, we are imposters. At least that's what a lot of us feel. I know that's not a popular subject that the world wants to hear, but it's true. Our identities are erased. No wonder we become riddled with anxiety of being found out of someone discovering that we aren't who we say we are. We're stuck in between this land of we are this person, but we're not this person. So it's kind of an odd spot to be right. Even saying I am so-and-so's daughter is a partial truth. If you really want to break it down, right? I mean, the foundation of our beginnings was stripped away from us without our consent and we have to try and survive to figure out who we are now, separate from our birth certificate or the labels that we now wear. Who are we? I mean, our original birth certificates were changed. And many times our name was changed. Like, like we're in a witness protection program or something. And we're not only given a new identity, We're also given a new biology, so to speak, and we're given a whole new way of life than we experienced before we were born. And so that self-doubt is huge in adoptees because everything is just turned upside down. And when we try to get our bearings, we're still disoriented because we aren't being authentic to who we really are and it doesn't feel good right? But we don't know how to sort those feelings out. As kids, I mean, how many of us adoptees said, oh, I'm not being bad, mom and dad, I'm just acting out the trauma of being adopted. So don't worry about it. I'll work it out. How many of us realized that as children? Nobody, right? I mean, especially as kids, we want to be loved. That's it. And so we can form the best way that we can, which is at the detriment of our authenticity. But as kids, we don't know even what being authentic is. How many of us, how many of us as kids were asked our opinions about important things that we're going to affect our lives by our parents or our teachers or any anybody that was in authority over us who was asked your opinion, probably none of us. And And it wasn't our parents fault or anybody's fault. It just wasn't done. It just wasn't how many of us were raised. And it's generational. Our parents weren't asked either, you know. And so everyone's just trying to do the best they can with what they have been taught. But adoptees are just trying to fit into a totally new environment. And this lack of authenticity makes us question ourselves because we don't even know ourselves. And so maybe we're even gaslighting ourselves in the end because all this negative self-talk and we're trying to figure out where we fit in and how we fit in and if we deserve to fit in that's the big one right do we deserve to be loved and have love and be ourselves because being ourselves i mean let's let's really break it down as a baby you can't be any more authentic than when you were a baby newborn babies are probably the most authentic living thing on the planet right if something doesn't feel good they cry And they don't know how to be any different than what they are until they start reading the room and they find out that, oh, if I am bad, my parents put me in my crib and they leave. And so I get abandoned or whatever the punishment is, right? And adoptees have already had a ton of trauma. So we're really trying to figure our way through life at this point. We are all born authentic, and it's just life and circumstances and things that have happened to us that make us change our views about things and shape us. And that goes for everybody, not just adoptees. I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? The generational trash and things that get passed down, and most of the time, we don't even realize we're doing something harmful to our children. We don't know. That's how we were raised. We turned out fine, right? (laughs) So all these things I mentioned just make us feel like we're not worthy to have anything good, that we're not good. And so how are good things coming my way when I'm not a good person? It must be because I'm lucky or everyone around me is stupid and they haven't figured me out yet. And so I'm living in this anxiety and stress-induced life because I'm scared of the Scooby-Doo syndrome where my mask's going to get ripped off. The other thing that's kind of funny that I was just picturing in my brain about the Scooby-Doo episodes is, you know, they get ready to rip the mask off and they're like. <gasps> Professor, so and so, you know, and they all say it together and their faces are like, oh my God, you know, and it's exactly the thing that adoptees think are going to happen that everyone's going to look at us like we're a horrible person. And oh, I knew it. You were, you're a horrible person. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm a horrible person. The secret's out. Everybody knows now. But just like the Scooby Doo characters. We feel like a caricature of ourselves. And you guys know, I can't say that word, but you know what I'm talking about? Like a cartoon image of ourselves. That's what we feel like. I look like me, but I don't feel like me. And I'm going to tell a little personal story here because my adoptive parents are Italian and they raised me Italian. And so I align with all those things. Even though I'm like Scottish and German and Danish, I don't know anything about those cultures. And I don't feel like I am any of those cultures. But I am and I've had my DNA done. There's not 1% of Italian in me. But I remember going to Disney World, where they have all the countries. And I wanted to go to Italy. And so I go into Italy. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Look, there's this and that. And Oh, there's Taroni. And look at all the pastas. And you know, just like all the things that I grew up eating and seeing and identifying with. And then I go over to Germany. And I went over, you know, to like the Scandinavian parts. And I'm just like, I don't, This, none of this feels like me. Like, this is so weird. And then I go places, and, you know, sometimes your ethnicity comes up and it's just a topic of conversation. These people don't know you're adopted, they don't care. And so you start talking about it. And even my boyfriend, he'll even like tell people in conversation, oh, she's Italian. And immediately I have imposter syndrome. I feel like, well, I am, but I'm not really. And, you know, I don't say all those things, but that's what's going on in my brain. And nobody wants to hear my explanation of, well, kind of, but not. And I don't really have Italian blood, but I was raised Italian because I was adopted and blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want to go into all that, but I feel that imposter syndrome because, I feel so proud to be in an Italian family and everyone in my family is proud to be Italian, but I'm not. And nobody cares. My family, they don't care that if I say I'm Italian to anybody, they're not going to point a finger and go, not really, you know, but you do feel like an imposter. As an adoptee, you just get put in these weird situations where nobody can see your brain twisting (laughs) and like going through like all these thoughts of being an imposter. Even comments like, oh, you look like so-and-so. I do because I don't know where that would come from because we're not biologically connected. So, you know, most people when they have those conversations in biological families, I don't think anything of it. But for us adoptees, those are the things that put a red light in our brain saying, wait, (laughs) but, 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 you know, and we just start backpedaling and we end up not saying anything. I'm sure most of the time I don't, but that doesn't mean the thoughts are not going through my mind. So those are just a couple of examples that I feel that stand out to me and me having imposter syndrome. Thank goodness. I feel like I'm authentic enough that I can nip those things in the bud, but um, if they still come up, they do. And, and like I said, everybody has imposter syndrome. You don't have to be adopted to have imposter syndrome. So let's talk about how we overcome this phenomenon So although we definitely have a role to play in overcoming our own imposter syndrome, society has to also be involved because it makes it even more challenging to triumph over it when society has a whole different view on your situation. And that's what happens with adoption. Everyone has that Pollyannish, Disneyland, happy fairytale ending in their mind. And so when these things come up, they don't understand it because society hasn't caught up yet with the adoptee community and the awakening of the adoptee community. They're still behind. So it's time to educate the world people. But anyway, so society has to kind of be on board for there to be a change I mean, I could work in a men's clothing store and all the men could walk in and say, well, what does she know about men's clothing? Well, I might not be a man, but I know how things should fit. And I know what would look good on you. And maybe I went to fashion school and I have a degree in fashion. And so I do kind of know some things. So, but unless the Guys change their mind about a woman maybe knowing about men's fashion, then I'm going to be going out of business. But I do believe the change starts internally with the individual. So first of all, our feelings are the last things that change. I know it's difficult to make different thoughts in your brain when you don't feel it because we're always talking about authenticity. But when it comes to imposter syndrome, the feelings are the last thing that are going to change. But the good news is that studies have shown that the only difference between people that feel like imposters and those that don't are their thoughts. And so that is something that we can change. And eventually having those changes in thought are going to bring about the change that we want in our feelings. One expert said, if you want to stop feeling like an imposter, you have to stop thinking like an imposter first. So first thing is to evaluate how your self-talk is. How are you talking to yourself? The next thing is to break the silence. I just told you that 82% of people have this syndrome. So you are not alone, okay? So break the silence because the shame is going to keep you from breaking free when you realize that all this self-talk isn't true. And I think just knowing that there is an imposter syndrome and you're not crazy and you're not the only one is so freeing. The next thing is nobody's perfect. So you are going to make mistakes. And what you need to do is just develop a healthy response to the mistake. And I found this particular quote in one of the articles, um, Henry Ford said, failure is only the opportunity to begin again, more intelligently, learn from your mistakes and do better next time. Instead of wallowing in the failure Look at it and say, what can I learn and do better next time? The next thing is recognize when you are having imposter thoughts. Figure out what in the situation that you're in, why is it triggering those feelings? And flip the script. So like instead of thinking, wait till they find out I have no idea what I'm doing in this job that I'm doing now tell yourself something like everybody has to start somewhere and everyone that starts something new is going to feel awkward in the beginning. That's normal. I might not know the answers, but I am smart enough to figure it out. And if I can't, I will ask. So flip it, tell yourself, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only person Person starting a new job today. I'm not the only person feeling inadequate today. Instead of looking around your new office thinking, oh my God, everybody knows what they're doing except me, look around the office and say, look at all these people that are here to help me learn. Which of those two statements feels better? See all uncomfortable feelings as a chance to expand and grow. See your anxiety as excitement. Why don't you label it differently instead of saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous. I have tons of anxiety. Just be like, I'm so excited to start this job today. The feelings are the same in your body. Your body doesn't make any differentiation between excitement and anxiety. You are the one that labels it. So you have all the power in that. Again, which one feels better? I'm excited or I have anxiety. Another thing that a lot of professional people do, even athletes do, they visualize their success. They visualize themselves making that touchdown. They visualize themselves hitting that home run. So picture yourself making that successful Presentation in front of all the managers today. Whatever it is that you're doing that day, picture it going smoothly. I find for myself most of the time when I am having anxiety about a day that I'm going to have, it never turns out that way. I hardly ever have the day that I imagined was going to go so horribly. So why can't I flip the script and see it differently? And if something does go wrong, see it as an opportunity to make things better the next time. What did I learn from that? Do I need to stop and handle something? Maybe I do. Okay. But for me, I think 99% of the time I have worried for nothing, And it's caused so much havoc in my body and my brain and my blood pressure and my health. And it's just not worth it. Why don't you go through the day being positive? And if something happens, then deal with it then. Instead of having that crappy mindset all day that that next shoe is going to drop, it may never drop. And unfortunately, especially in the workplace nowadays, you really have to pat yourself on the back. There's not very many opportunities that you're going to hear somebody else pat you on the back. If you have that as a boss, that's fantastic. And you are so lucky. I get that once in a while, but not enough, not enough to sustain me wanting to do my job. So you really have to pat yourself on the back and say, you know what, I thought today was going to be stressful, but I handled it really well today and I'm going to remember that and put that in my memory bank so tomorrow or the next time that this comes up, I'll remember that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And in the end, sometimes you just have to fake it until you make it and fly by the seat of your pants. And winging it not isn't always a bad thing and it's not a proof that you don't know what you're doing. It's a learning experience. And that's what a lot of high achievers do. And they view it as a skill that they can fly by the seat of their pants and still survive at the end of the day. It's not always a bad thing. Sometimes we can't wait to feel confident in something to start putting yourself out there and doing things. And courage comes from taking risks. Like a lot of times you step out and do something and you feel like this huge elation afterwards because it was like, I did it. So change the behavior first and allow your confidence to build in those times. I was just thinking this last night that I am so much more outgoing now and confident in this last year that I stepped out and did a freaking podcast. Like what the heck? I'm so much more confident in myself. And if people don't see it or don't like it, I don't care. I'm being authentic and it feels super good. But that confidence didn't come at the first podcast. I think this is my 61st podcast. I think this one, it took a long time. And I do fly by the seat of my pants a lot of times on this podcast there's days, Monday comes, and I have nothing recorded. I used to panic, and I, there's the imposter syndrome. What am I doing? I can't do this. But I've learned to not panic. Something always pops in my head. I'm going to find something to say and something to bring to you guys. But it took me probably 30 episodes to figure that out and stop panicking every time. And now I have the confidence in myself to figure it out. And it's always okay. You know what? I have put a podcast out every Tuesday for almost an entire year. That might not always happen. And I'm not going to be the first podcaster to maybe put a podcast out a day later. It's not going to kill my podcast things come up, I have to give myself grace and I'm still going to be as consistent as humanly possible. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It doesn't mean I can't do it. It doesn't mean I am fake and I'm an imposter. It just means I'm human and that's it. And that's the one thing that we all have in common. And we don't sit there and point fingers at other people that are feeling inferior and learning something. At least I don't. I want to help because I know that helpless feeling and it just doesn't feel good. If I can help somebody else, especially at work or in anything, that's why I'm in all these adoptee groups is I want to help. If I can speed you through your process by telling you something that I went through, something I learned, I'm going to do that. I'm seeing so many people going through so much But the good thing is I see so much growth in that process. I wish I could reiterate that to them. I wish I could help them feel that I know this doesn't feel good right now, but you're doing the hard thing. You're doing the work and you're making huge strides. Whether you feel it or not, you are coming out of the adoption fog is not for sissies it's for warriors. There's no way anybody you ask any adoptee coming out of the fog, how hard it was. It's hard. It really is hard. It's a, it's a hard look at yourself and it's a hard look at everyone involved. Most of the time, it's probably the most painful thing you are ever going to have to do, but it's so worth it so worth it. And those of you that are going through it, let me tell you, you're doing a great job. You are going to come from the primal wound to being a warrior. Just keep going. My last tip on how to overcome imposter syndrome is get in an adoptee group get into a group that feels good to you and somewhere where you feel safe talking about your experiences. You will not feel so alone. Trust me. And if you're looking for a spot, fireside adoptees on Facebook is the spot that I landed, um, along with a few other pages, but they are the ones that I gravitate to the most. And now I'm an admin on that page. So the link is in the show notes. They have zoom meetings every week. So if you are one that likes to come and talk about your feelings, even if you don't want to talk, you don't have to, you can just come along for the ride and listen to everyone else. You don't have to participate, but it is an adoptee only group. So if that sounds good to you, go check them out. The other thing I've heard a lot of adoptees say is listening to other adoptees stories helps. Or if you're ready to tell your story over and over again, has helped many adoptees. So if you are at that point where you want to listen, I have some episodes so you can go back and listen to adoptees talk about their experiences. Or if you're ready to talk about your experience, you can email me at mindyourownkarma at gmail.com. And let's get your story on the podcast. Let's start educating the world one story at a time. Please, 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 if you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast and you listen to it on a regular basis, please do that on whatever listening platform you are listening to. If it's available on the platform that you listen to. My goal is always education and it would really help me out if you would rate and review the podcast, share it as well. If there's somebody that you know, that's adopted, somebody that needs to hear the message, feel free to share because it's time to educate the world. As always take what you need and leave what you don't and always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time. Oh my gosh, Tomlin. Are you serious? (sighs) This is what I put up with, guys.